This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Rest is PR. We've made it to episode two. It's a small win. It's a small win for the series. Uh, and we're, we're all about small wins here. And that's something we'll probably talk about in due course, I'm sure, when it comes to small wins in the wonderful world of PR. But as ever, my name is Lyle Fulton, and I'm here with the brilliant, the incredibly talented Jackie Vores. How are you, Jackie? I'm great. Thank you, Lyle. Yeah, I've just hot-footed it from the gym. And I'm also using my new podcast microphone, which you recommended to me. And I'm kind of like, oh, my God, I can hear literally everything that's going on. And I'm super paranoid now because I've got the dog in the room with me (laughs) and he occasionally groans and grumbles and moves around and makes all sorts of weird noises. So please don't think it's me. This is going to be, I think, a common running theme. Last week we had the moped. This week we're going to have the dog as background (laughs) noise. I think, if anything, we should actively try and include background noise new noises in each episode of the point it can be sort of a, a weekly thing so that's fantastic well welcome jackie and your wonderful dog and this week we're also joined aren't we jackie by the fantastic lisa bennett hello lisa hello lyle hi jackie hello hello so lisa works for demozo as we all do here on this podcast and lisa's joining us uh, to discuss this week the incredible diverse topic of getting into pr how you start work in pr and how you forge a career in this fast moving of all industries so lisa can you just tell us a little bit about first of all i suppose what you do at demoso what your many jobs are at demoso pr yeah so at demoso i am an account director and i'm also manager of our scotland office as well which we will talk about a little bit later and yes my career has been incredibly squiggly that's one of the ways that i describe it you know because i have had many hats over the years my first Ever job was in Primark folding shirts, which was a fun experience. And I've gone through a journey to get to where I am now. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love a description of your path in the PR industry as squiggly. I I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe a sort of career trajectory as squiggly, but I'm actually here for it. I think that can sort of catch on in a big way. Tell us a little bit about what your first steps into the PR world were, whether or not you have always done PR as a career, a chosen career path, or was it something that you found your way into off the back of something else, perhaps? It actually was something that I found my way into completely by accident, but obviously a very, very fortuitous accident, as it turned out. I came out of university and went to work for Marks & Spencer. I worked for them for the best part of 10 years as a retail manager. And during that time, I was living in London, and I started thinking I want to do something a bit more for me. And what I started doing was music writing. So I knew a lot of people in the music world, was going to a lot of gigs and I thought, right, I love writing. I'm going to start by doing this. So I did that for quite a few years. And during that time, I met a lot of not great PRs. I'm just going to be completely honest. A lot of people that were doing PR and I thought, they're awful at this. And I don't mean to disrespect my colleagues. Music PR is a really challenging field to be in. But yeah, I just thought I could do this job and I could do this job so much better. And I was approaching 30 and I thought, I don't actually love being at Marks and Spencer every day. I don't love this role. It's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. I am young enough where I can actually make a career change and not at the point where actually it's going to be too late. But I thought this is looming on the horizon, this age where it's going to be too late for me to change careers. Uh Uh-oh. So I started interning on a freelance basis in PR. Uh, I know, I started started right at the bottom, worked my way up and really had to have that drive myself to really push myself 
to learn, to understand, to build that experience. And I took on an internship that was only supposed to be for two months, took a total leap of faith and left Marks and Spencer. And thankfully, they kept me on for two years. That's a massive step, isn't it? It reminds me of that episode of Friends where, was it Chandler had to go and and be with all the juniors and he had to, in the ad agency, and yet, because he was so, you know, his worldly wise part of his character came into play and his experience made him one of the interns that actually got recruited. And it's really interesting that, you know, to be honest, when I recruited Lisa, one of my golden rules is actually not to recruit from other PR agencies because I think people get spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible. I like bringing my people up myself. But Lisa had that real amazing approach. She's always learning all the time. And that really came across. And plus, I I applaud anybody who's ever worked in retail. It's a high pressure environment. It's really difficult. You're serving so many different clients and customers. So as soon as she told me she'd been at Marks and Spencer's, I was like, ooh, this is really interesting. And then having taken that huge plunge to go and be an intern at you know a relatively mature age at your 30s I I was just like wow this is a great great candidate and so Lisa has proved to be as we will find out later on in the podcast I mean high praise deservedly high (laughs) praise indeed for sure as well I mean that's really interesting because the parallels I mean Lisa you sort of gave me a knowing look there when you were describing your trajectory and your route into it because obviously the parallels are quite stark with myself I mean when I joined Demozo as an intern I'd uh, just turned 28 I believe I'd only been 28 a couple of months and I'd obviously worked in the acting industry for a number of years a variety of different roles some of which were more administrative than they were performative at quite a high level but I never it was weird I mean I never really felt like I was in terms of my age and in terms of my experience above any of the things I was learning as an intern when I joined the agency if anything it was quite the opposite I was a bit of a sponge when it came to information I was being given and information I was receiving I mean was that the approach you took when you joined as an intern having worked for so long in another industry at another company Was that also the approach you took? And also, do you think that is definitely the approach you should take? Is that a meritable approach when it comes to joining a new agency, even at a low level? Is it important to be as open as you can to all of the information and and to adapt to that new information you're getting? It is actually amazing how similar our trajectories are, Lyle. And I was an absolute sponge. You know, I was, I started off doing cuttings. I started off doing all the basics and really learning everything. And anytime anyone was doing anything in the office, I was like, show me how to do this. What is this? Although I also did spend some time during my first week trying to source 500 Rangers football shirts and 500 Celtic football shirts in Edinburgh in various sizes with three hours. So that was quite a baptism of fire in that respect and I'm almost certain as a football fan that you won't have been able to get them all from (laughs) one shop because there'll be one shop that wants to give you lots of Rangers shirts but won't stock any Celtic shirts for love nor money and then the same is true Celtic and Rangers vice versa yeah so no mean feat by any stretch I know yeah it was a real learning the whole experience was a real learning to be honest throughout the whole few years that I was there every day was a school day and I think that that is the best way that you can learn you know I still as Jackie said I still learn every single day I think that's a real interesting part of the role of being in a PR agency, actually being in PR as a whole, particularly in an agency, because you're serving, you know, you're working across many different accounts. So you have to learn every single one of those accounts, the people that are on it, what their skill sets are, what they're doing, but also what that company does, 
what their objectives are, you know, how to craft a story for them. There's a lot of learning like every single day. So if you haven't got a questioning mind, if you want to sort of just churn things out, and some people are just like that. And, you know, I know a lot of my really good friends are people that, you know, really don't want that kind of like having to learn constantly, but like to do something really well consistently. And that's great too. But particularly, I think in PR, having that questioning mind and being a sponge, I think is super, super important. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think as well, we discussed, didn't we, last week on last week's episode when we were sort of introducing what this series is going to be about and also talking a little bit about the fundamentals of PR relationships, how, you know, sort of readily you're able to adapt and be flexible to situations is obviously a crucial part and a crucial skill to have. We talked about how important soft skills are in the world of PR and actually lots of different industries can teach you these soft skills and they're then transferable across. I mean, a question I was going to ask in a more specific quantum is I don't actually know how lucky I got. I mean, I know I got very, very lucky with the team I ended up with, don't get me wrong, but I don't actually know how flattery, you see, I'm good at flattery, I can go with flattery, (laughs) Um, but I don't actually know how lucky I was in terms of the situation when it came to my application and then my success in becoming part of the team, because I'd had very limited experience, if any experience at all, in applying to work for a PR agency. And it strikes me that in a lot of industries, don't want to sort of make too much of a sweeping generalization, but in a lot of industries, there are ways to apply for a job that are very one dimensional sounds harsh, but you kind of see what I mean? Like there's, there's a specific way you apply to become a doctor there's a specific way you apply to become a lawyer but it strikes me that there isn't actually an exact science behind applying for a position in PR it can be achieved you still have to do the basics I think you still have to do the same you know you still have to have your CV you still have to have your cover letter hopefully you've spelled and used grammar properly and I know that's that's a really strange thing to say but honestly you'd be shocked the level of applications that we do receive and the dire state of grammar and punctuation and I really do encourage anybody who applies for any job to just get those two basics absolutely correct and the third one is to know who you're applying to and what job you're applying for Mm. it's most frustrating times is when you you get somebody who sent you an application for the job of a manager and they think that it's a project manager or something and it's not an account manager and that happens a lot. I think people do send out CVs in bulk. They never used to do it in the old days, Lyle, because it costs the stamp and the printing out of, <laughs> of all these things. And uh, and now, because it's electronic, people get much lazier with their, their approach. So showing some care and some attention at the beginning is super, super important. Wouldn't you say, Lisa, you've just been going through a recruitment phase at the moment, haven't you? Absolutely. And I think actually it just made me, what you said there, Jackie, made me think about when I came to Demoso. You know, I had hit another landmark moment in my life, as I like to call it, after the pandemic, as so many people had, where I thought I'd been working in PR, loving my job, but not in an industry that I absolutely adored. And actually, the reason I came to Demoso was because I wanted to work in tech and games. And that is what I love. And that is me as a human being. And it's just been such a joy to bring those two things together. And through the application process, you know, I, I looked on Demosa's website and thought, this is a company I want to work with. I just absolutely loved it from that moment because it showed character, it showed fun, 
it showed Jackie and a really strong leadership team as well between Jackie and Daph. You could tell that everyone was really on it, really knowledgeable, really well thought of. I then did some digging, did some stalking, read lots of columns that Jackie had written. And actually coming into the interview process, A, I was prepared, but B, I knew this was a role I could do. And I knew this was a company that I really wanted to work with. And you're so right, you know, we're recruiting at the minute and we get applications from people who are completely looking for something totally different. It's a shame because I'm thinking this person has actually put some time into this application, but not enough to take it to the point where actually showing us why they think they're a good fit or even that they're a totally wrong fit and they're wasting their own time totally. So I 100% agree with that. But interestingly, we're recruiting at sort of a junior level at the moment. So we're looking for account execs. And interestingly, I don't think a lot of people put PR on the list of jobs that they go for as a graduate, unless they may be doing a PR degree. I don't know what you think, Lar, but I think there's a sort of either this W1, what was that show that was on telly, that that politics one, or there's absolutely fabulous, and or you know, or they see people like spin doctors, publicists on television, and PR often seems almost an intangible, untouchable career choice. Would you say that was a, a fair summary? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think we sort of again discussed last week. I think there's two sides to the coin, both of which speak to what you just mentioned, which is on one hand, at times it appears unattainable because. Again, like I alluded to earlier, yes, the fundamentals are there in terms of your CV, your cover letter, your interview process, but it's a very wide ranging application mm. process. You have to be passionate, as Lisa adequately pointed out, like, sorry, accurately pointed out, you know, you more than adequately pointed out. More than adequately. You've you splendidly pointed out. Um, uh, see, there you go. My, you can probably tell my interview was terrible. Um, but, um, but no, I think it's such a wide ranging application process in terms of. You have to be passionate about it. You have to know a lot about it. You have to demonstrate flexibility, adaptability. You have to demonstrate an ability to be calm in times of, you know, sort of a huge, great big workload where things can change in a flash of a second. Um, but So there's that. But then there's also that, like we discussed last week, that strange stigma that still exists around a PR person. You know, the idea mm. that they're a spin doctor, the yeah. idea that is, which like you rightly point out, like you adequately pointed out, um, <laughs> is, is, is on, you know, is, is, is what's portrayed in these TV shows. I think it's W1A and I think it's uh, absolutely fabulous and things like that. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think it's, it's 100% something that I can see, and maybe this is changing and I'd, I'd love to see some statistics on this or sort of discover more and do some research on it. But it strikes me as something, I mean, you've got two people, three people here, in fact, on this recording, on this episode, who started in a different industry mm. and, fa- and, and then found their way into it through a passion for it that they learned because they spoke to other people who who were in it. And again, That's true. you know, my dad was a stockbroker when he started his professional life and got himself into PR off the back of working as a broker. I'm still an actor for my sins, but I, I, I work in PR because you know my dad sort of told me a lot about it and I had an interest in it off the back of talking to people and I'm sure there are lots of instances where it's the same going to something that Lisa said as well the idea about passion I think is an interesting one to sort of hinge on just quickly now as well I at various points in the past when it comes to sort of my theatrical professional life have worked in casting so sort of behind the camera as it were or behind the stage you know as well as on it and it's always very telling when you see someone come into the room and audition for a part and they're passionate about not just the play or the film or the TV show, they're passionate about 
the whole thing, the overarching sort of genre of it. One of the big pieces of casting I've done in the past is for a company I've worked with a lot previously called the Young Shakespeare Company. That's a children's theatre company. It's very, very telling when people come in and just fancy being in a Shakespeare play, mm. as opposed to people who come in and are very passionate about Shakespeare, but they're also passionate about working with children, educating children. And there is a real noticeable difference in how they then come across how we perceive them. I've never recruited for something like a PR agency, but I think passion is telling. Is that something, I mean, you're both in a recruitment process now. Is that definitely something you look for passion in that chosen area? Is that something you'd be, be looking at? Absolutely. I have to say, I feel incredibly privileged to be able to recruit people, particularly at entry level, you know, people who come straight out of university or people who are just starting in their career journey. You know, when I was in school, I didn't know that PR was a career. I'd seen absolutely fabulous, but I thought Eddie went off and did something in London that was completely untouchable. So I feel so privileged to be able to meet all these amazing people and actually have a small part in their career journey and development. And I know that inspiring um, students is something Jackie's really passionate about and inspiring young people as well. And um, so, yeah, you know, it's so wonderful when you get, and we've got some amazing team members who we have brought up through the ranks and Jackie's, as she said on the previous podcast, really passionate about that. And it's just such an honor to see these people who are so excited about PR and the concept of PR, so engaged with the idea and just raring to go. It, they inspire me, I think, mm -hmm. actually, with their enthusiasm. And we, in a way, we're kind of lucky because Demoso, although I do believe that the PR skills are very transferable, you know, from business to business, but we, you know, we're working at that wonderful, sexy intersection of games and the metaverse and crypto um, currency and blockchain and all different types of tech. And I, I think, you know, people will sort of naturally sort of lean towards us if they see that we're into all those different industries. But then again, it can go, it can tip a little bit too far. So if somebody rocks up and goes, I just want to get into games because I love playing games all the time, my alarm bells are going to go off because I'm like, yeah it's not all about just playing a game and understanding what the game's about it's about how you make the game and what you know all the work that goes into it and how you market the game so that's where we come back to those sort of softer kind of qualities like the questioning minds and asking the right questions in interviews and I think you know when we talk to people about how to get into PR and I do um, talk a lot and mentor a lot of young um, people who are often studying journalism or studying PR. I think a lot of people go towards journalism and you say to them, why do you want to be in journalism? They say, because I like to write. That's the usual thing they want to do. Why do you like to write? I like to tell stories. And when you go to go to that level of questioning, then you find out that really, you know, a lot of what we do is telling the story. In fact, all of what we do at the end of the day is helping that client tell their story and engage with the people that they want to engage with. So people that are studying journalism often kind of make that little sort of mental switch as well. It's difficult for anybody to rock up at a PR agency without really understanding the, the business to understand what we're looking for. I'm wondering as well whether or not there's a bit, there's been a shift recently in the last sort of 10, 15, 20 years, perhaps. And again, we sort of alluded to this last time we spoke, Jackie, about this idea that social media 24-hour rolling news means that maybe because I think we've got to be careful as well to say you know there are definitely still people who are 100% 
launched straight into PR at 21, graduating university or 22 or 23, whenever they graduate university and launched straight into a career with a PR agency. And there's also an inverse situation where you start out as a PR professional and then you go and work in journalism where you go and work in marketing or anything like that because there are skills that much as there are skills that are transferable from other industries to PR there are also Mm -hmm. skills that are transferable from PR to all sorts of other industries perhaps the advent of social media the fact that there is an increasing determination from young people who are leaving university leaving education to actually do something they're passionate about I know when my dad, and I start talking about my dad on this podcast so much, he's going to absolutely love it. His head's going to grow huge. I'm talking about my dad constantly. Uh, and he'd love <laughs> to be on it. get him on. You have to get him on, though. He's keen. He's already said he said he's listened to it today. And he's, he wants to be on it. But he wanted to be a historian. He was desperate to be a historian. He loves history, still does. And he studied history at school because of the situation at the time and because of you know other priorities he had. He went to stockbroking, became a PR man, absolutely you know, loves what he does, really enjoys it now. Don't, don't get me wrong. But you fast forward 30 years or so, 30 years ago, would I have had a go at acting? I don't think anybody I, comes out of the know, room screaming, I want to get into PR. No, no well, <laughs> I, I don't know, right? I don't know, I don't know, you don't, you, you can't be sure, but this is the thing. I wanted I think... to be a vet, but I was no use, no use <laughs> at maths or physics or anything like that, so that was that out the window. But this is the thing, I think there's like a, there's, there's a determination now that people follow a passion they have, and if the passion is, let's take Demozo as a hypothetical example, you're into games, you're into tech, and you're into writing and telling stories. It's a fantastic agency to apply for. That's mm. a passion. Do you know what I mean? That's that's more than just a chosen vocation. That's something you can be passionate about. Lisa's demonstrated how passionate she is about tech, games, and PR. And maybe that's there's been a shift, hasn't there? A bit of a cultural yeah. shift towards people pursuing passions and and kind of ignoring, not ignoring, but kind of putting on the back burner what may come of it you know sort of yeah and I think the other thing is is just to consider that if you want to get into an industry let's say you want to get into music there are music PRs or if you want to get into fashion there are fashion PRs and so every industry even Formula One if you're interested in Formula One you can get into the Formula One PR side of things so PR as a skill is a really good thing to to get across and then if, you know, down the line, you think I'm really, you know, mad about Formula One, then you can, you know, apply to different positions at Mercedes, McLaren and blah, 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 blah. So I think, you know, from that perspective, I don't think people really or, you know, the, the younger people that I speak to kind of think laterally because they're just like desperate to put the, everything they've learned to use and get a job you know get on the job trail be able to you know save up a deposit you know all those pressures that are on young people today it's kind of like let me get a career so I can succeed but it is I think it is equally important for them to think about their passions and interests but also just think about a skill that you learn a profession that you learn that you can actually transfer I do think that that learning PR is actually a very portable profession to learn that's Formula One PR. I mean, <laughs> this podcast may there be is over Formula before it's even begun. This, this, honestly, you know, you might see me out that window and <laughs> at, at the front door of Mercedes about tomorrow. It, maybe me. Oh my! What you thought about throwing me out the window? No, I don't doubt that. Uh, of course. Now, before we uh, before we go, before we finish this episode, it's been fantastic. I think this has been a really it's been a really interesting. Again, there's no way of knowing how these discussions are going to go. That's what's so brilliant about this podcast that we're doing because it kind of sort of ebbs and flows. And what's really interesting is I was so sure we were going to talk about 
some more specific kind of application administrative <laughs> stuff but I'm really glad we talked about the social the sort of philosophical the psychological element of getting into PR and how you can get into it in a multitude of different ways it's been really really interesting so thank you so much Lisa for your amazing insight and for telling us all about your journey into it before we go it would be remiss of us not to talk about this incredibly exciting new Scottish office that Demozo is opening I typically and again it's just another constant when it comes to this podcast haven't done my research and as such <laughs> even though I work for the team know nothing about it and um, Jackie said before we went live on this recording that she also doesn't know huge amounts about it either, uh, which is fascinating. <laughs> that's unfair. Uh, that's, I think that's probably unfair. Um, fact, I've investigated it. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the fact that you are the boss. Um, so, um, Lisa, can you can you tell us a little bit more about, uh, about what's happening? Because it all sounds very exciting. Yes, to give Jackie credit, this is something that we have together been noodling away with for quite some time. You know, when I, I remember my first time I ever spoke to Jackie and I said, you know, Scotland has got such a booming games industry. And I just think that there's a massive opportunity for Demoso to expand its arm up there, not just in games, but tech as well. You know, Scotland has a huge increase in the last year in the number of games companies, for example. We've gone from 96 mm. to 147. That's massive mm. coming out of a pandemic as well. And in addition to that, there's hundreds of thousands of people that work in games. There's companies adjacent to games. So you've got companies like Zapity, for example, who are a unity to unity collaboration tool so as well as the likes of rockstar north that everybody knows everyone knows that we had lemmings come from scotland there's also all these amazing smaller studios and games transcendent studios as well that are helping support that industry so it's just such a huge opportunity and also did you know the first ever games course in the world was actually at Aberdeen university in the city there you go so that's why this an amazing hub up in dundee <laughs> That's brilliant. And so obviously we've got offices opening uh, north of the border. Is that open? It is. We haven't quite announced it yet, but in terms of in practice, I think we just recruited our third member of staff up there. And I say up there, I think the modern technology has allowed us to be able to do this properly. I think one of my greatest fears about expanding before now was that those people wouldn't feel as entrenched in the Demoso company that was based in London, which is quite boring, really, if you really think about it. But I've just written a piece um, about why we chose London as a location. And, you know, there are some proper business reasons for choosing that. But nowadays, you know, you can actually create a really great team thanks to modern technology and also transport and everything else really improved and so you know Lisa I don't think you feel that far away from us at definitely any not time. no um, definitely not and we would never have met if the pandemic hadn't happened which is quite interesting I, I do believe in serendipity and obviously the pandemic mm. was a horrendous time for everyone but if we hadn't learned how to work from home and expanded those horizons then actually I'm not sure that we would have ever met Jackie and this wonderful Demoso Scotland would never have happened potentially. So it's it's amazing how life gives you lemons and you make lemonade out of them. <laughs> it's an age old adage. We've certainly, yeah, it's certainly accelerated a lot of company change for a lot of organisations. You know, right from your HR policies through to everything else, everything has changed post-pandemic. We were quite lucky because we already had the infrastructure in place because we've got this wonderful network of partner agencies, Global One Communication, GOC World, 
Dot world and so we'd already had this sort of wonderful infrastructure of working together with video communications and everything in the cloud and all our databases shared and everything else so we were quite used to running teams remotely but what we hadn't done was sort of take that big step into sort of extending our culture and creating another office of demoso and Touchwood, so far, it's all going really rather swimmingly. And it we're is. expanding and looking for more people in Scotland. And that's another thing. I really rate Scottish recruits. <laughs> I think, you know, the quality of people is incredible. And I don't know whether it's a Celtic thing or anything, but the storytelling and the, you know, the ability to sort of really think about what stories organisations are trying to tell really does work. In a cruel twist of fate, I'm actually now going to mention my mum as well. My mum, <laughs> right? Hi, mum. Irish descent. My dad, Scots descent. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Which, 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 which means it's a marvel that I'm not better at storytelling than I ultimately am. You're very good at acting them out, though. Like. There you go. Yeah, this is the thing. Ultimately, very good. But that's that's all sounds sounding very very exciting. And I think as well. I mean, this is probably an episode, a future episode of the podcast is again, how the pandemic has affected not just the PR industry, but all industries when it comes to remote working, when it comes to how teams communicate and work together. And I think it's certainly very, very interesting. I mean, I I share Lisa's sentiment as well. I don't think, given certain circumstances and how my career was progressing, that I would have met yourself had the pandemic not happened either, because the way things were sort of progressing in terms of my career and the companies I was working for, I might not have sort of made that pivot. I might not have had the time and the space to consider things I probably would have done. I mean, fate is definitely a real thing. But yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very interesting. It's certainly something we can discuss in future episodes. Brilliant. So it's very, very exciting. We've got this uh, Scottish office and Demozo is expanding at an exponential rate, which is obviously always very, very exciting. How is it looking in the short term? Is there any sort of work going on up there that's not happening down here? Is, is, has the team got some clients up there? What, what more can you tell us? We've actually just announced our first ever client in Scotland, which is really, really exciting for us. And even better, it's the first ever Scottish Games Week, which is a brand new event, which is going to be running for a week between the 24th and 28th of October across Scotland. And it's all about profiling the talent and value of the Scottish games industry. How perfect is that? That's perfect. I mean, you could not pick a better first opportunity for our wonderful new Scottish office. That's absolutely fantastic. Well, watch this space because I'm sure it'll be all over Demozo's website and all over Demozo's social media as well. And I've no doubt yourself, Jackie, the rest of the team will also be looking for opportunities to discuss that particular client, the work they're doing, maybe a a cheeky podcast plug. I mean, I'm not not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying anything. Uh, I'm just saying, get the word out there. But that's amazing. That's absolutely brilliant. So really, really exciting stuff. Yeah, it's really good. And it's played off our sort of, you know, because we've got a lot of experience of promoting games companies and games conferences because we look after the pocket gamer connect series of conferences as well as pocket gamer connect the the media publication so we're really excited about that because it's playing right into our sweet spot and into our passion about the scottish games industry so it's perfect i mean we're barely two episodes in jackie and you're already a natural at linking things back making it about <laughs> what we've discussed this is great I feel I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud as a co-host. You're, you, you're, you're nursing me along quite well, Lyle. <laughs> and, you huge. know, Lisa, soon you'll go from adequate to amazing. Thanks there is now no choice. 
I have no choice but to leave that in now. I feel like I feel like <laughs> this episode is now going to be called "The Rest Is Adequate." I think that's what it's going to be called. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to have to do it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like, you know, you're never going to live that down. Oh, never live it down again. <laughs> never going to live. I'll be that saved down. in Lisa's phone as you know, sort of semi-adequate Lyle. That's that's. I'll, I'll add it to my bio. Lisa oh, is adequate. No. As a quote from Lyle. Lisa, it'll be on the website. I can't wait for it. There we go. This is the thing. This is just what I do. Things stick. Well, Lisa, honestly, you have 100% been more than more on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about your journey into PR, your story so far in the industry, and also some incredibly exciting news about our Scottish office. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have you back on again, and Absolutely. I will make lots more missteps in terms of how I refer to some of your points that you've made. <laughs> and Jackie, let's do it all again next week, shall we? What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? That'd be Brilliant great. stuff. Fantastic. Well... From Lisa, Jackie and myself, thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of The Rest is PR. As ever, if you want to get in touch with us about subjects you'd like to hear discussed by myself, Jackie and any of the guests we have on, email me at lyle at demozo.com and we might have an updated email address specific for the podcast coming to you very, very soon as well. So watch this space. And if you would like any more information on what myself, Jackie, Lisa, the rest of the team at Demozo are getting up to on the day-to-day, then head over to www.demozo.com for more information. There'll definitely be information about the Scottish office there very, very soon, I've no doubt. From myself, Lisa and Jackie, have a wonderful, wonderful day, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Beautiful. Bye.